Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron, this is Caleb, and we're just grateful to have you guys connect with us today. As we get started, again, we just want to plug our social media. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, we've got different content that correlates actually to each of our lessons um, just on there. I encourage you to go check out the playlist. And then of course, hopefully now you're listening on your favorite podcast channel. As always, if you're not finding this where you want to, reach out to us. We would love just to, to get our content plugged in and connected there um, so that you can continue to journey with us in ease. Um, and I also want to plug uh, Caleb's book, Pursuing Freedom. Um, our lesson content that we've been going over um, currently is, is just going over each chapter of that book. And so you can pick up your copy on Amazon. If you happen to attend church with us, you can pick up a physical copy here. Um, and it just kind of helps you as we go through each of these lessons. Um, but today we are continuing. We are on uh, episode 14 uh, or 13, 13. episode 13, 13 <laughs> lesson 12. <laughs> Lesson 12, and today uh, we're going to be talking about our triggers, and so our action item is this. I understand that certain things trigger my behaviors, so I will do my best to identify and manage those things that push me towards any undesired behavior. Now, I'm not talking about being triggered like a snowflake. We won't go any further than that because I don't want to get any um, angry stuff going on. But uh, we're talking about being triggered into certain behaviors. Uh, anytime I hear this, man, I don't know. There's that meme of the woman with the glasses kind of screaming. Oh, yeah. Um, and that, that's what I think about. Anytime I hear the word triggered, that's what kind of pops into my mind. Um, but that's not what we're talking about exactly here, right? That's not what we're talking about. Uh, no, wanna... we're talking about triggers in, in, the, in relation to what the word actually meant before it got hijacked yeah. by <laughs> our current political... Situation yeah. I guess. on both sides, really. I mean, we're not yeah, yeah. we're not picking oh, yeah. at any side, but yeah. both sides kind of has the snowflake uh, situation going on where yeah. everything's triggering. So I think it's more of a generational thing. I you know, I, th I think you're right. You know, we do call it a political thing. Yeah, but I think it's the it's a generational thing. the uh, you know late twenties and and down. Just uh, they're triggered. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You're gonna yeah. We're gonna get we're gonna get some emails. <laughs> Good, good. It'd be, it, that's fine. I'm just looking forward to someone finally reaching out to us. That's you know, right. We plug the email every week. I get so nothing. We try to be nice. Yeah, now so we're going to go for the. If I just tick everybody off, they'll right. finally reach out. <laughs> I'm lonely. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about triggers. And what we're talking about in relation to triggers, trigger is something that's going to motivate you into doing whatever it is that you don't want to do. Well, you know, let's back it up a little bit. So a trigger, it doesn't have to do just with, you know, whatever our struggles are. It, there's. Our, our, that's the way our brain kind of works. And so uh, the definition of it is it triggers anything that stimulates a conditioned response or desire to engage in a behavior. So that, again, that doesn't have to be a negative behavior or positive. It's just anything that, that conditions a behavior. So obviously the most famous example of this is Pavlov's dog. We've all heard this story, I'm sure, where, you know, there's this guy named Pavlov and he's got a dog. And what he does is he starts to, when he goes to feed the dog, he rings a bell. And he does it for a number of days, rings the bell before he feeds the dog. And then what he does is he rings the bell and notices that the dog's mouth starts to salivate. So obviously there, the bell is the trigger and the salivation is the conditioned response. And, you know, our human beings are much more complicated than a dog. You say that. I actually got a dinner <laughs> bell at my house one time, one of those just, triangular yeah. ones. And I mean, the kids would just get pretty riled up. To yeah. get you to come do <laughs> Um, I would ring the bell, and the herd of children would come running exactly. in. Exactly. So. Yeah, but we we do have those, you know, uh, very basic level of response to triggers. Um, 
but yeah, we you know as humans we we do we have we have triggers um, that 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 operate on very much the same um, same kind of level as as Pavlov's dog does, and those triggers are related to you know and we we find that people that are you know struggling with something that you'll have a trigger as well or multiple triggers um, that will kind of initiate you wanting you know the desire to do whatever you're struggle with, struggling with. So there's a couple that we're going to talk about today. There's an external trigger and there's internal triggers. And so first, the external trigger is anything outside of ourselves that stimulates a response. Okay, so like in the story, that's the bell, right? It's outside of me. Um, and to kind of tie it into, uh, you know, addiction or struggles is that, um, you know, certain locations, right? So going to a bar can make you want to drink. I mean, then it's not just because it's, it's, it's your brain starts to re recognize these places. They start to associate this place. You know, if it's, if you always go to the same bar after work, your brain starts to recognize this is the place where I drink. And so you, you want, you get to a place where you want to do that. So even if you go to that bar and you're like, I'm not going to drink tonight, you're going to have a greater desire to do that because you're in that place. And not only that, your brain actually starts to condition your, your, your body to, um, it takes more to get drunk in places you get drunk on a regular basis. So if, yeah, if you actually, if you go to a new, you know, if you, you know, I said, if you drink in the same bar every day after work and then, you know, your buddy says, Hey, let's go over to this other place. It actually takes you less to get drunk, you know, going to a new bar. So if I were to be like, you know, had a few, I could tell the cop, it's cool. I've been drinking at my, <laughs> That's right. my favorite bar. <laughs> I'm not really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trust me. I can handle this. It's, it's my normal bar. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's how, but that's how strong your conditioning is in your brain. Um, and, and that is that, that it can, it can even kind of downregulate some of your hormonal response based on just the location you're in. Um, another, another external trigger is like, um, certain days or anniversaries. Um, so like, uh, we've talked before, like I've had a, one of my best friends, he, he died of uh, brain cancer six years ago. And like that, that, that particular day, you know, is a day of significance for me. And so, you know, my mood changes on that day. Um, and, and a lot of people have that kind of trigger where it's a certain day where they've lost a child or maybe it's their, you know, or lost a, a parent or a loved one or something like that. Um, those kinds of days, those things will um, uh, change their, their emotional state, you know, uh, and then cause them to want to, you know, change it back. So they're going to want to reach out to whatever it is their struggle is. Music, music is a trigger for things like, you know, if you, uh, in a relationship, everybody knows like their, you know, their song, right? Their couple song, at least yeah. some people do. But um, the, the, those kinds of things that will change your mood because of the emotion that's attached to that that particular song. So that's that's external triggers. Um, the other type of triggers are internal triggers. Internal triggers are our feelings and our thoughts, right, and our emotions. So um, stress, depression, boredom, those are all triggers, right? Uh, if if you're like me, and I'm, I'm sure you're dealing with two with six kids, but in the summer, and all of a sudden your kids can't make it through the day without eating 17 times. Oh yeah. You know, and that reason is it's not because they're hungry, it's because they're bored. They're sitting there, they get bored. And adults do that too. When we get bored, we're like, oh, what am I gonna do? I don't know, I need to eat something. Like, that's, that's the triggers, you're just, cause you're bored. So, um, and then one other thing that we have is we have automatic thoughts. And I'll talk about that a little bit later, a little bit later, but that's kind of the, the rundown of, on, on the science on triggers. 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's such a true thing. I know for me, you know, my story is I dealt with addiction for years, um, almost two decades. Um, and so there was something I know significantly that I noticed, you know, that towards the end of, of my struggle, you know, I wasn't using any type of drugs or anything. And I was drinking all the time. And so every day, you know, I would I would take the same route home, of course, because you have your route home. I would stop at a quick trip, a, which is gas station, you know, next to next to my house. I would go inside. I would buy 16 um, ounce beers. I'd buy eight of them, two packs of cigars and a can of dip. And I did that every single day. And so when I decided I was going to quit drinking and dipping, I had to stop going to that gas station <laughs> because <laughs> I couldn't physically walk in and just the self-control that um, that I had or lacked, um, I just I couldn't do it. And so for the first six months of me deciding, all right, I'm, I'm no longer going to drink, I'm not going to smoke, I'm not going to dip, I'm not going to do these things, I wouldn't go inside of that gas station. I took it a step farther, I wouldn't go inside of any gas station. I would, <laughs> and I, I went to a gas station I never went to um, any time before. Um, it was one that actually didn't have a place to walk into, kind of just paid at the pump. And I took a different route home on top of it. So I wouldn't even pass that place every day because just the struggle from that um, external force in my life would, would cause me just to, to grieve and to want to give in. It's like, ah, I can drink today. I've been good this week. You know, I can I can go have me have me a few. Um, but it is such a powerful force that that moving forward, you know, we've got to recognize these in your recovery, whether it's substance abuse like me or, or something else that that you're trying to overcome. It, it is so important um, to to recognize what your triggers are. What, what's going to set you off? What's going to move you over the edge? And do what you can um, to to navigate them in different ways. And so um, I hope that you lean in as we're getting into these strategies. And it's one of those things. Um, it's it's heavy science. Would you call it socio something? I don't know. Cognitive behavioral. Cognitive. Yeah, he uses big words. So. <laughs> Um, I don't, <laughs> but uh, lean into it, um, man, with an open heart, open mind, and and allow God to to speak to you through just the science of it all um, to help you identify what what's going on in your life. Um, I can't remember it's one of the Psalms, but it says, uh, "Search me, O God, mm-hmm. and help me to identify anything in my life." I mean, this is again, that's a prayer that can be used for this. I mean, there's something there. Um, Lord, help us to see that and to know that so that we can grow and so that we can be healthy moving forward. Yeah, so the first thing you want to do um, when we're talking about our triggers is we got to first start to identify them. And so um, what you're going to want to do is you're going to start looking for, you know, kind of these repetitive behaviors, kind of look at what, what it is that you were doing. You know, when, you know, say if it's alcohol, um, you know, what, what was I doing right before, before that that made me want to drink? And, and so what we're doing is we're looking for for patterns, and um, you know when it comes to chemical dependence, typically like what Aaron was talking about, it's it's um, you know it's a habit where like I said it's after work a lot of times you know oh you know I hey I drink a six pack every night before I go to bed that's kind of a, a common thing. Um, it's like I said it's locations I always go out to the bar with the, the guys after after I get off work or on a Saturday, or these are you know these are habits or activities that I do. On a regular basis, in in whatever it is I'm struggling with, if it's a drugs alcohol, or alcohol, um, th- that's usually part of the deal. Yeah, well, it becomes really hard is uh, when you're like a lot of us, and it's like, oh, when I go home, I need to drink. When I talk to my children, I need to drink. <laughs> yeah. When I go camping, I need to drink. Like, 
if I go to dinner, I need to drink. <laughs> yeah. And then everything's triggering the crap out of you. It just yeah. uh, becomes a really hard struggle, but you do what you can. Yeah. <laughs> and so in that case, you know, yeah, you're, it's probably more of an internal thing, like the stress, like, you know, yeah, talking to my kids, you know, it's, <laughs> I got to eat something. Every, but, every parent's like, hey, man, every time I talk to my children, I want to drink. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't avoid, you can't just leave them, so... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about other strategies to deal with that later. But um, so that's so so that's kind of like I said with chemical dependence. That's what we see uh, the people we hang around with. Um, that's what we'll be talking about in our next episode. Uh, the people you hang around with. Hey, when I'm with you know Joe, every time me and Joe hang out, man, we always have to have some beer. We have to smoke something, or we have to snort something or you know whatever it is you do with that um there's those kind of patterns that's kind of what we see with that um if you're struggling with something else like uh food uh boredom stress um those those kind of situations are what will lead you to to doing that like uh you know that's what we say don't don't ever grocery shop when you're hungry you know or stressed out because you'll you i know i do it's like well I i didn't need those oreos before but i do now yeah. you know <laughs> so um <clears throat> that's that's something you want to look at it's like i said if it's, it's kind of a, maybe a non-chemical dependent like I said, typically it's more associated with um your emotions or your thoughts so uh, you do these things when you're stressed um, you do these things when you're bored um, if it's social media right that's boredom typically is when we're scrolling on our phone um, so what you're, again, back to what we're talking about here is you, the first, the first step is you want to identify what, what you were doing immediately before you engaged in whatever it is you're struggling in. And then we're going to have to start to look for the patterns that, that happened there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, fortunately with external triggers, it's kind of the easier one. Yeah, um, yeah because, definitely. I mean, we have an element of control over our environment. We have an element of control over the people that we interact with. Obviously, you know, we kind of say that low, lighthearted, but, you know, if your children are your trigger, you know, you, you're kind of stuck there, you know. But uh, <laughs> but there's there's other things that, that, that go on. Um, but but you, you can change your habit. You can change your routine. Um, you can do so much when it comes to navigating external triggers. And, and like Caleb touched on, the trick is, you know, if you if you've fallen into this area of failure, whatever it is, um, whatever your your thing that you're trying to get past is, just just take a couple step backs and look what what was going on right before I finally broke. You know, was it a conversation? Was I around you know people that that I shouldn't be around? Was it that environment? And that's what we need to learn to do. You've got to have such awareness um, as we as we learn to grow and to navigate these things and to heal, um, just to. To, to recognize it, keep a journal if you need to. You know, we carry around miniature computers in our pockets, man. Open up a note um, on there and, and just type things in and, and put in the work to, to figure it out that, that long term is like, oh man, you know, I, I failed 10 times this month in this area I'm trying to grow. Seven of them, this thing was taking place. Well, that's a pretty significant pattern. And that should help you to be able to have this awareness of maybe, just maybe my my girlfriends aren't good for me (laughs) or you know that maybe I shouldn't be hanging out with these guys maybe going over to this guy's house or or whatever it is 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 not the healthiest thing maybe maybe those people in my life were right (laughs) you know just but but track it um you know just like I mean if you're dieting you track calories and food and everything else you want to change your life you got to put in the work track what's going on um the, the things that take place, they're not insignificant. 
and and you've you've really got to be intentional about it at every avenue and when we fail to do this this is why we get stuck in things for 20 30 years mm -hmm. without any significant change is because we're not putting the work in to change it if you've been stuck in a habit like me 20 years i had 20 years of habit making well it's going to take a lot of work to break that a lot of intentional uh intentionality a lot of identifying things and um I kind of maneuvering them. I mean, I would make a, a plan and a strategy and it wasn't working out too well. And so I would shift things around moving forward. It's like, oh, maybe this this will do better. Um, but but you gotta be willing to put in the work. But again, with external triggers, thankfully we do have an element of control over our lives and there's so much that we can do. Am I saying it's all easy? Um, I mean, I even quit quit a job <laughs> that I was at because it was unhealthy, you know, just, but you do what you have to do. I mean, to, to get the results you want to get. Yeah. You know, the word you used, I think, is really good, and it applies to so much of what we do with recovery is awareness. You know, so much of our lives, especially today, we're so marketed to, and there's so much stuff coming at us that we, we're, a lot of people just kind of are going through life like a, a rudder, rudderless boat. You know, we're just floating along on the waves, and wherever they push us is where we go because we just don't have any intentionality in the things that we do. And so we, you know, we just adopt the um the values and, and beliefs of other people onto ourselves or culture gives us we you know we just develop these <clears throat> automatic thoughts and habits that we do that we go throughout our day you know like you were talking about um you know driving the same route home you know anybody who's done that for a number of number of years you know like you can leave work and then show up at home and totally forget oh, you know yeah. you're like totally unaware how you, because you're, it's so automatic and it's so conditioned into your brain it's such a habit that you you stop thinking about it and 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 that's what a lot of times in recovery regardless of what it is you're struggling with is that it's become so automatic you don't think about it you're not aware of it you just do it because you just that's what you've done and we we don't we're not intentional about things we don't you know if i'm in the pantry to grab some chips I, sometimes you know it's like what am i even doing here yeah. i just end up there because it's like that's what i want i just i don't know i just want to eat something and so um awareness like i said it's not just for this i mean it's so much about what we do with recovery we talked about it before like being coming aware of um what our negative beliefs are that we've kind of internalized from you know maybe our past or uh, our, our interactions as adults, but um, becoming aware of um, the people we're hanging around with, becoming aware of why we do the things that we do. So, so much of what we do is becoming aware of. I mean, that's what you're talking about dieting. I'm, again, I come from a healthcare background, and if I was giving uh, my patients advice on, um, you know, trying to lose weight, I would tell them that. I was like, you know, you should try using a, an app on your phone to track track your food intake your calories not because this is what I want you to do for the rest of your life but so many people are just unaware of how much how many calories are just passing through their lips you know they're just eating and drinking and they don't think about it and just the act of doing it it's not so much that I'm trying to get you to go below a number it's just to make you aware of how many you're actually taking in and that's you know and, and just doing that like I said it's not that the act of you know trying to get underneath a, a caloric number it's just it, it makes you aware because when you have to write it down then you go oh I guess I don't really need a another bag of chips or I don't need a, you know three cookies or you know because I'm having to write it down and now I'm aware of it and so again this that this applies with our triggers is 
a lot of times we're just unaware of it. We would just they just happen, and we don't even think about what's. Is there any sort of pattern to what we're doing? Is there any sort of thing that keeps popping up in our life that that as soon as this thing happens, um, I you know I feel a need to to engage in whatever it is I'm struggling with. Yeah, and we focus so much on obviously uh, substance abuse, eating on this, but I mean it applies to so many things. I mean to everything. So again. Even though it's been heavy on that, that's my story. That's kind of the perspective I talk from a lot. And, you know, Caleb's has been just a battle with, with food and things like that. So that's the perspective that, that he's coming from. Um, I mean, don't don't limit it to that. Even though that's the language, you know, it's the only stories we have. So that's the only place that we can come from from a personal standpoint. But but whatever your struggle is, you know, if you're, if you're broke all the time because you're spending too much on, money on Amazon, well, are you taking your phone with you in the bathroom and you spend $50 while you're taking a crap? I mean, that's that's a trigger you know stop doing that you know it's like yeah. is that the only place you're shopping um and that's an extreme yeah <laughs> i could have probably thought of a better one uh, yeah well, it was like, the funnier one it, that is true well like um so if you're so if your struggle is codependency you know you you put up with a lot of, of crap um because <laughs> because you get you no have how old you get you're still just a teenage boy oh, you know? oh i am yeah wife. yeah don't ask my wife yeah um but like if you're codependent, you, you, you'll put up with verbal abuse or even, you know, maybe physical abuse because you get a reward from um, feeling needed, right? So you've, you, you do whatever you need to with your significant other to uh, support them in your mind. Is this what you're doing? Um, and, and you're putting yourself, a, you know, in a, in a bad place. But because, because eventually you, you get that sensation of, of, of providing or being needed, then you, you put up with all the bad stuff, you know, and that's that's kind of your your reward for that. That's the bell for you. Is is the, the payoff is the is is um, feeling feel, feeling needed. I mean, you can use these kinds of things with your kids, you know. I don't, you, you tell your kids to do something, and then you always you know positive give them the you know positive reinforcement afterwards. That that conditions them to. You now this is a different type of. A thing we're talking about, but it's the same deal in that you condition you can condition behaviors by by how you how you manage either the before or the after you know so the trigger can do, be the before or the reward afterwards can can condition response as well and so um, yeah it's not this isn't unique to recovery in that it's you know drugs alcohol it's it's everything we do you know ladies if you want your husband to pick up stuff after you know pick up his clothes off the floor makes anytime you catch him doing that just start rewarding him you know <laughs> it's a good job good boy good boy <laughs> and <clears throat> i mean don't you know treat him like a dog because that probably won't work as well but you know reward him somehow and all of a sudden that stuff starts to happen a little bit more frequently because there's a reward of, you know after that you start conditioning that response yeah i know my wife tells me uh and this is uh I have a hard time scheduling stuff like and letting people know what's going on. I just kind of fly by the seat of my pants. Where's my wife out? So um, as I've gotten into a better habit of putting things in the calendar, she makes sure and recognize that. I appreciate that you calendared this event weeks in advance. It really helps me. You know, and she, she reinforces that, mm -hmm. which, which makes me want to calendar more things. When my wife gripes at me because I failed to calendar something, she gets the exact opposite response. I'm like, yeah, yep. I'm not gonna calendar anything ever again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> boy, yep. won't you be surprised next week? Yeah, yeah I'll show you. Yep. I'll just do it again. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but that's, um, you know, we we're we're we still have a lot of uh, automatic 
automatic behaviors. We still have a, a lower level of operating function in our brain. You know, we obviously humans, we've, we've developed this, <clears throat> uh, you know, part of our brain that helps us think abstractly and do all these things that we are able to do as humans. But we still have that that lower level part of our brain that that kind of flies on autopilot, and and that's where a lot of our struggles come from. Is is that and, and those programs just get loaded up into that part of our brain without us ever really thinking about it. And so it takes the the higher level of our thinking to be able to to go in there and start rewriting that code, so to speak. So um, yeah, like I said, if you're if you're listening and, and you're thinking, man, well, I don't have a drug alcohol problem. Well, here's the deal. You, this applies to you. You just have to find them. They're there yeah. because we all have. If if you don't have a struggle at all, there's there is things that trigger you to do certain behaviors. I mean, that's what marketing does. That's what all that's billions and billions and billions of dollars on marketing is to make you go, you know, watch it, some sort of advertisement and go, I want that thing. You know, and they spend a ton of money and time on. Well, what if we change the color from red to blue on this and do this and that? And it's it's all you know, it's all psychology. So. Yeah. Well, so we're going to move on to, so that was external triggers, um, and so as we're moving forward, we want to talk about in, internal ones, and so, you know, this could be any number of things, a voice inside your head, um, you know, telling you to, to do things, or, <laughs> but but in reality, I mean, it's it's things that, that are on the inside, um, so we're coming from a place of, um, of thoughts, emotion, um, you know, the, the kind of the war that wages on in our mind. Um, as it, as we're facing day-to-day stress and activities, the things that we reinforce, that we tell ourselves, whether negative or uh, or positive, moving forward. So there's these internal things that come on. Now, external things are easier to deal with because it's it's easier to get away from people, places, things. It's easier to to change our habits than it is to escape our thought life or to change our thinking, essentially, which is one of the big things that we have to to address when it comes to internal triggers. Um, but um, it, it's it's more important on <laughs> in a lot of ways yeah. to to get this under control um, because you live with you every day. <laughs> There's no escape. Unfortunately, yeah. you know. <laughs> There's no escape. So, um, Caleb, you want to tell us a little bit about the internal triggers? Yeah. So internal again is is kind of how you use your feelings, your thoughts, um, and so what you're looking at there is. Uh, a lot of people again so so uh, a stressful work environment you know like you were talking about leaving a job that was an unhealthy place um it's not just your coworkers, but maybe it's the 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 job you do or the type of work you do uh that's just it always was definitely the coworkers. yeah <laughs> <laughs> they probably thought the same thing yeah. um but you, you're constantly in a, in, a, in a place of stress um and and you know and uh, i keep saying stress stress isn't always a bad thing it's how we respond to that stress that's that can be the bad thing and we'll talk about that here in a second but um so that being in those types of environments can be a trigger so being in a just in a stressful environment i know for me uh i'm a very you know if you take a if i take a a myers-briggs personality test i'm I'm very high on the introvert side which doesn't mean i'm doesn't mean i'm shy just means i you know being around a bunch of people i don't know or even being around a bunch of people i do know sometimes uh, in some social situations, uh, it wears me out, you know, and um, I need to go, need to go home and, and sit. And I really have a strong urge to eat something because it's just it's the anxiety from it. Um, I hate to say anxiety. I don't have anxiety. I just, 
I need to, what I always say is decompress. I just need to sit for a moment. So like if I go to something late at night, I can't go to sleep for a while because I've just got to sit and chill out uh, and just relax just because it's, it's an overstimulating environment for me. And so, um, you know, I know that being in a situation like that's going to make me want to do, you know, eat something or do whatever. And so, you know, I just plan accordingly to that. And it's just, and it's, again, it's not necessarily, a, it's not a bad thing. It's just hanging out with people, but, um, that's just the situation. That's just how my body responds to that. Um, another one at depression, you know, if you're depressed or, uh, that's obviously going to make you want to change the way you're feeling. So, um, you know, drugs, alcohol, food, any of those kinds of things will, will, you know, you know, that will lead to that. And so again, uh, depression can be linked to hanging out with certain types of people, uh, certain days, uh, just the state of life you're in, you know, you're just in a bad place. And, and so we're dealing with that, um, boredom. Again, that's, uh, like I said, if you have kids and you are around your kids at all over the summer when they're not in school, you, you, you see that one in action because they, they're on constantly snacking and that's because yeah. they're bored. It's not because all of a sudden they're, they need to consume 3,500 calories in a day. It's, they're just bored. So, um, and like Aaron said, you know, the, the, the harder part about internal triggers is that you can't get away from those. Those are just part of who you are and that's. You know, some some we can learn to manage better. Sometimes we can learn to react to certain situations better that that create a, a more positive experience for us. But sometimes it's just the way you are. Like I said, I being an introvert, that's just it's kind of that's just part of my the way I'm wired. You know, and I just know that in these certain circumstances, I've just got to deal with deal with that feeling afterwards in a in a, in a positive way. Yeah. Well, and I was gonna say too, some of it. Um, um, I don't want to diminish the the importance of medicine, you know, if, if you're dealing with heavy um, triggers and it's depression and there may be um, something going on, you know, psychologically always, I mean, you know, we are three, three part beings, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> mind, body, spirit. So um, don't, don't diminish the importance of, of, of maybe even looking into that avenue to help manage some of those things that keep triggering you back to certain behaviors. You may need, you may have a chemical imbalance or something that needs to be set right in your body, even with that. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. And I think we've hit on that before, but yeah, sometimes depression gets a bad rap in the church, you know, like, oh, you should, you know, you just don't believe in God enough or something like that. And it's yeah. like, no, you, you don't know what you're talking about because, <laughs> because there, there is, I mean, there, there's, there's a verifiably, you know, proven chemical you know, situation happening in your body sometimes, sometimes with depression, not, not all the times, but sometimes. And, and, you know, you, you do, there's no just, you know, necessarily praying your way out of that kind of thing. Sometimes you do have to help your body get back into the right hormonal balance for your brain to work properly. That's just the way it is. It's, yeah. If you're sick and you need antibiotics, you pray. Yeah. Take exactly. antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we're not trying to, you know, we don't discourage people from taking blood pressure medicine when yeah. their blood pressure, you know, obviously, you know, maybe, diet exercise a little bit will help that too you know and um but but you expect people to go get on you know high blood pressure medicine the same with depression i mean you know locking yourself in your room away from everybody is not helping things you know getting out and trying to trying to to live life will help but sometimes you, you got to have something to help your like I said the chemical balance in your body i mean because it's, it's very much a hormonal disease as well so um don't don't hesitate to do the, you know, seek out medical help with that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, but with the internal, again, um, 
it's it's that thought process. Uh, you know, my story, you know, was addiction, but the thing that was kind of before that um, was years of, of abuse that I suffered um, at the hands of somebody. And because of that, there was a lot of things I internalized um, that, that triggered stuff. You know, I dealt with anger, I dealt, dealt with depression. There was these thoughts of, um, you know, not, not valuing myself, um, thoughts of self-worth. Well, those triggered a lot of things. Um, in correlation. So with my addiction, I had a multitude of things going on. Um, mine originally stemmed from an internal battle. Um, that's what came first for me. Um, and, and likely, um, you know, if you're struggling addiction, that's what come, came first for you too. And so there's this eternal thing that, that I didn't navigate, that, that I didn't deal with. And then, you know, as I'm kind of developing my addiction and my things that, yeah, there's all these other external habits and stuff that I have to deal with too. And so, you know, you're getting triggered from, from all these different places. Um, but you've got to go, um, you got to identify these. You know, I'm aware of those things now. If I have certain thoughts come up, you know, I can, I can battle those I can combat those you know I can redirect um, just just my, my thought life I can go back to God's Word um, reinforce something that's positive you know I have value statements that that I may say from time to time just about myself just to push back against it because again um, I can't escape that and, and especially dealing with uh, with trauma which can be pretty bad you know I'm what 27 years 28 years removed no 27 years removed from that situation um no not quite that much it didn't end anyways um but <laughs> there's times where i'd be mowing my freaking yard and the traumatic event that took place um so long ago um pops back into my head you know i i've i've healed from that but here it is attacking me again and making me want to believe things and and to think things and so you know I have to work through those moments of um, the reality that that took place that's not who I am though you know so um, we've got to become aware of them we've got to question them um, and and push back and if it's driving you towards a negative behavior um, begin to weigh the the negative outcome of, of pursuing that and leaning into it um, but but you're gonna have to this is one of those things that nobody can do this for you. I, I can't change your thought life. Caleb can't change your thought life. You're going to have to have that awareness, and you're going to have to put in the work to do it. And it's depending on what it is. Like I said, um, mine, a big part of mine was trauma that I still deal with. And I still have to think about, and I still have to navigate um, so many years later. And I may have to do that the rest of my life. Yeah. So let's talk, uh, let's talk about strategies on how we deal with Different, the different types of triggers kind of uh, in some detail. So uh, with external triggers, that one's again easier to really deal with because um, they're usually things that are outside of yourself. So uh, like for instance, if we're talking about locations, like if you, you know, you always go to the bar with the guys and you drink, like don't go. Yeah, that doesn't sound reasonable. I know, that's crazy, that's isn't it? I mean, you got to actually want to do better for yourself than go drink with the guys. Like, yeah. that's kind of the thing. I mean, sorry. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. But, so that's, I mean, that's one That's one possibility. You so can avoid it altogether. If I have a buddy that is constantly bringing over, like, a fifth and, you know, like a, a quarter paper of crystal, like, should I like not hang out with him too and well, like, avoid I, that person? His feelings are probably way more important than you succeeding in life. Okay. So you just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep That's doing what me. I think yeah. you should do. <laughs> now, um, yeah, uh, we you know we say those things jokingly, but I also say those things to, to point out the absurdity of what people kind of believe. You're like, well, I don't want to hurt We've been people's best feelings. Since we were eight. Yeah, it's like, like well, you, you guys are 
You're yeah. a crappy best friend. <laughs> you guys are shooting dope together every time you get together. Like, yeah. I get that you've been together for 20 years, but it's time to break it off. The world's a big place. Yeah. I'm sure you can find another best friend. Um, <laughs> you know, that that's not going to encourage you to do drugs or alcohol. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, you got to cut off those relationships that are, you know, if somebody yeah, is coming over, somebody you hang around with is always triggering, you know, that's, hey, me and him, this is my drinking buddy, this is my dope buddy, this, I don't know what you call it in the drug world. Yeah. Um, but this is my, my ride or die, homie. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It feels like that's something that should be on a shirt, like with the arrow, you know, like I'm with stupid. This yeah. is my ride and die, homie. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> You, you, yeah, you, you have to put some distance there. You have to avoid those situations. Uh, if, if you're going to, maybe you're doing something and you can't avoid it. So, like, for instance, if, again, you know, not to keep hitting alcohol, but, like, if alcohol is your issue and you, you, you're going to a restaurant, you know, out, restaurants serve, out, serve alcohol. Um, or, again, you, can't, you have to go to a bar or something, like, for whatever reason. Um, go there with somebody that you trust. And you tell them, hey, you know, we're going to this thing. Uh, I need to not drink anything and I need you to make sure I don't drink something, you know, and you, you don't let me do that or, you know, so as soon as I start, you know, ask for the wine list, you take it out of my hands and tear it up and, you know, you do something like that. You, you have an accountability part. You have a plan going into it on how you're going to deal with that situation. Um, so like we talked about, uh, certain days, if certain days are triggering for you, like, you know, you know, lost a loved one on that day or something like that, what you need to do is have a strategy on how you're going to spend your time. Okay. You can't just sit at home and, and think about it. You need to go, you know, call your friends that are responsible that are, <laughs> that aren't going to bring over dope or alcohol or whatever to you. And you need to go plan a day. Say so we're, we're going to go bowl together or do something, you know, hang out. We're going to do something fun to kind of keep my mind off that. Um, to help keep me accountable, uh, like I said, you're going to have a plan. And, and that's kind of the key for external triggers, to be proactive, right? So if you know you're going into a situation, try to know you're going to go into a situation that, you know, this, this typically is a trigger for me, so here are the things I'm going to do to keep myself uh, from, from engaging whatever my struggle is, all right? So, um, you know, and then sometimes you, you, may, you may be in a situation where you didn't know but you need to kind of game plan out situations, right? Try to think, well, what happens if I do this? Well, what am I going to do? You know, think about those things just beforehand. Just, again, become aware and become intentional. Uh, that's, that's really a lot of the, the keys to, to recovery is to actually take control of your life and make choices. Yeah, external triggers, I mean, hinge a lot off of people, places, things. So be aware. Yeah. Change habits where necessary. Be And uh, like Caleb said, be proactive. Yeah. So then when we talk about strategies for internal triggers, those are a little bit more difficult because, again, th those are always with you. And so one of the first things you can do is just become aware of the fact that you don't really have to do anything, right? So in, what I mean by that is, like, if you are if you feel the urge to, to go do something, you know, to engage in your struggle um, or you feel bored or you feel hungry or whatever, you could sit in a chair and just sit there, and eventually that feeling is going to pass. You know, your, your brain will move on to something else. I mean, I don't have to just give in like a mindless drone. No, you don't. Now, the, the, I will I will admit that strategy sucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, if I'm hungry, I want to eat. You know, and just sitting there thinking about how hungry I am. Like, yeah. but we do it in so many places. I mean, there's so often that I just want to strike somebody in the face. But, that is true. But I don't do it, and I know the truth. Mm. The same is true for so many people out there 
who will give in in all these other areas. And like, I just don't have control. It's like, yeah. well, you go through life without beating people to death <laughs> all the time. So yeah. surely you can. So that's that's actually, you know, what's funny about that is that that's actually kind of one of the strategies for dealing with internal triggers is is you focus on the negative outcome, yeah. right? So the, the negative outcome of striking somebody is very, very evident and apparent. You get to go to jail for that. Yeah. You know, well, in Oklahoma, times. you might get shot. Yeah, you, or you might get shot. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's, there's a very evident negative outcome to that. And so, um, you know, when we're talking about like our automatic thoughts, the thoughts that we have that you go, well, for me to be, you know, accepted by people, I always have to drink. I always have to, you know, I can't not do what everybody else is doing or nobody will like me. Those are automatic thoughts. We've talked about it before is that these ideas that pop into your head that, um, that will lead to you engaging whatever your struggle is and so again it's man i have to to be interesting i have to drink to be interesting i have to do drugs to be interesting i have to go to the whatever with whoever and, and those are or to be fun or to be likable those are our automatic thoughts that just pop in our head you know if those are the i always um, you know, anything that's a hundred percent an absolute kind of statement that you self-talk that you hear, that's what an automatic thought is. And what you've got to do to start combating some of those is you have to go, you know, you think about times when you, people did like to hang around with you when you weren't drunk, you know, you go, well, that's not, that's not true. I don't always have to be drunk to be fun because I remember this one time I was hanging out with my friends and we weren't drunk and people liked me. It sounds like a Stuart Smalley kind of thing. You know? <laughs> I'm smart enough, I'm good enough, and doggone it, people like me. But that's one way we deal with that is you start to poke holes in that automatic thought that you always have. But the other way is what Aaron was talking about is you think about the negative outcome. You know, if, well, to be liked, I have to go, you know, I always have to drink when I'm hanging out with my friends. But if I do that, then I'm going to have more than I should. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm going to get, you know, I, I might decide to drive home and get a ticket and go to jail. You know, I, you, you, you always have to put on the negative side of that. So if I go around and hit everybody that I would, I would love to hit, uh, which is a large number of people for me, um, <laughs> I would spend a lot of time in jail. <laughs> I mean, I'm, uh, I, would, I would surpass the three strikes <laughs> rule like in a day. And so... Um, because I'm a, I'm a crotchy old man now. So um, you have to start looking at what are the negative, what are the neg, what, what is the, what's the outcome of this situation if I decide to do this? Because we never think about that. We just think, I, you know, I'm hungry, I want to eat. I'm, you know, I'm sober, I want to drink. You know, I'm, we look at step two and we never look at step three, four, five, what, what's, what's the bad part of that? So that's one way we fight those internal, um, those internal triggers is we, is we start to look at the negative outcomes from those if we engage in the thing that we struggle with. And the last one we want to talk about is uh, redirect. So we, we do what we call redirect. So instead of just sitting in the chair when you're hungry and waiting for it to pass, you're like, you know what, I'm gonna go for a walk, right? Or when you feel stressed, you know, I'm gonna go home and drink a six pack or I'm gonna go for a walk. That's, you know, walking exercise is, is, a, is a miracle drug if you look at all the benefits that it has for us. Um, and I'm not talking about going out and doing crazy, you know, uh, CrossFit, whatever. Uh, that CrossFit's of the devil, I'm Yeah, sure, that's a good way to get some angry emails to start insulting CrossFit. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> yeah, you don't have to do CrossFit. Like I said, you can go for a walk. I mean, not, to, not today, like when it's 105 degrees or whatever, your face will melt off. But, um, it's some type of exercise. It will, 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 
that's a, a redirect. That's where we go, okay, instead of doing this one thing that I always do when I get triggered this way, I'm gonna do something that's positive. You know, I'm bored. So instead of going here and eating a bag of chips, I'm gonna go read a book. I'm gonna, you know, go make something in my garage. I'm gonna go do something that's productive with my time. And so think about how those, you, you, and, and that's always gonna be something that's very uh, specific to you and your particular struggle and the things that you like to do, but you gotta find those things that are positive that can replace your struggle is this is what I do when I'm triggered this way. Now I'm gonna start doing these things that actually are building me up and making me a better person. Um, I'm gonna replace those, those things with whatever it is I'm struggling with. Um, and so, uh it is just so important again just to, to become aware um, question them think think about the outcome of what's going on and uh, as you learn just to, to navigate um, to, to be aware of your external your internal triggers it's going to give you such a leg up on success moving forward and overcoming whatever your struggles are um, I want to close today with Ephesians 6 10 through 11 it says a final word be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power um, so that first part um, it's not about our strength <laughs> it's not about our power moving forward we have a role to play in all of this um, but but it's all sinners it's all hinged off the work of Christ and our lives has put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. And so when you talk about armor, um, it is that thing that's meant to protect you to kind of give you a leg up in battles. And um, it's it's not, not lost on me, it's not lost on Caleb that, that as you overcome these things, um, it's a battle. It's gonna be a struggle, it's gonna be work. Um, that's on your part. God's part is to equip us it's our part to go out there and, and to do what we need to do. He gives us everything we need for success, but, but when it comes down to it, it's on us to utilize those tools and to push forward and, and to pursue what he has for us. But um, man, we are grateful for you guys. Thanks for just hanging with us, continuing to grow with us, um, not only through today's episode, but just through this journey as we just continue just to kick out content to you guys. Again, I wanna encourage you to, to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, like, share our content. Be sure to leave reviews to this show as well. Five-star reviews, share it, share it, share it as you just um, help us to grow just our, our listener base so we can continue just to change the landscape of recovery in our communities and just the way that the church views um, these types of struggles. Um, if you have any questions, any comments, suggestions, or if you need anything, be sure to reach out to us. Um, you can reach out to us at 918-283-2221. That's our church office here. Um, you can email us at info at cedarpoint.church or you can email me personally um, at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N at cedarpoint.church. And I keep swearing I'm going to get Caleb an email and I, I'm going to do that. Um, but <laughs> Anyways, uh, again, we'd love to hear from you um, and, and just get any resources we can in your hands. And then lastly, be sure to, to go to Amazon and pick up the book Pursuing Freedom by Caleb Spreider um, so that you can just follow along with what we're doing here just a little bit better so you can grow in your recovery. But we do love you guys. We're grateful for you. And uh, we'll check you right back here next week.